Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. Proverbs chapter 3, if you have your Bibles. I want to start a series uh, over the next couple of weeks. I hope that you jump in with me, join in with us, called Overflow. And I want to, it's taken from this passage of Scripture, Proverbs 3. And, and I don't want to just talk about finances, although we're going to talk about finances. So don't turn me off just because we said finances. Amen? The Lord wants your finances to be blessed. About a third of you believe that. Hopefully this message is going to be good for the rest. God wants your finances to be blessed. Amen. He wants you to walk in abundance. Again, we're, this is a great message, this sounds like. God wants you to walk in abundance. I pray that through this teaching, some of you need faith stirred up in regard to this area. That faith will be stirred. The, the word of the Lord, the promise of God's word for your finances will begin to stir on the inside of you. You know, I find that we oftentimes, uh, will, we're okay with living with a poverty mentality. It's easier to be okay with lack than it is to believe God for the greater. Anybody hear what I'm saying? It's, it's oftentimes easier to be okay with status quo in, in not just our finances, every area of our lives. It's a lot of times very easy for us to live in status quo when God is calling us to greatness. He's calling us to abundance. He's calling us to get out of our, like we said earlier, get, getting out of our weakness, moving out of the dust, shaking ourselves up and getting up and soaring like the eagle. Y'all are funny this morning. God wants you to soar like the eagles, not wallowing around in the dust with the pigeons. He wants you to soar. He wants you to experience his greatness and his power in your life. So today I just speak that over you. You're going to stop living in lack. You're going to stop living in the lack mentality, the defeated mentality. You're going to move out of defeat and depression and start living in victory. Amen. There's, yeah, some of you are starting to get this. You're going to move out of depression and discouragement. And live in the promises of God for your life. Start appropriating the word of God for your life. If you would say, you know, Pastor, what's one of the greatest problems in the church, churchwide today? There's, you know, we can always pick problems. But uh, if there was something that I would say is, is something we need to work on, not just as pastors, but as church people, it is appropriating the word of God. For our lives. It's not just going to Sunday and hearing a good sermon, but it's taking what we hear and what we study and living it out. When God says that He doesn't want me to live in poverty, when God says He wants me to live in abundance, then that means that I'm going to stop living in lack and walk in the covenant that God's paid for. If, I've, if I tell Zoe, my daughter, I want you to be blessed, I want you to enjoy school, I want you to enjoy life, and I'm going to do everything in my power as your dad to make sure that you have a great life, I'm going to protect you, all the things a father would say, right? 
But if I were to say that to Zoe, and then she constantly is coming back to me saying, Daddy, would you, you know, I, I really, really, really want, I need, a, you know, just constantly going on, telling me how I'm not doing my job as a dad, I would be scratching my head and saying, do you understand the covenant that I have with you as your father? Does anybody hear what I'm saying? If, if we know, Jesus said, if we know how to give our children good gifts, then how much more in our Father in heaven? He has signed this covenant in blood. So I, when, when we talk about sowing and reaping, and this is, this is the context of this message and, and the messages in the series to come, sowing and reaping, not just your finances, every area. Next week we're going to talk about Christ, the seed of our, of our life. And we're going to receive communion together. We're going to talk about Christ being the seed of our spiritual life. And in Christ, all, all, everybody say all, all blessings flow through him. This isn't just about finances. So if you've tuned me out just because I said the word money, and maybe you're, uh, you're of the persuasion that all the pastors ever do is talk about finances, then let me help you. This isn't just about finances. I want you to walk in the blessing of the Lord in every area of your life. I want you to walk as an overcomer. Christ paid for you to live as an overcomer. Now, in case that you think that there's a problem with the preacher talking about money, let me just give you some biblical statistics here. In the Gospels, the four Gospels, one out of every ten verses, there's 288 in all, deal directly with the subject of money. 16 out of the 38 parables of Jesus were concerned with how to handle money and possessions. The Bible gives 500 verses on prayer, less than 500 on faith, but more than 2,000 verses on money and possessions. I think God is concerned with our wealth and our possessions. Amen. We know Scripture prophesies that there is coming in the last days a downturn in economics. It's actually going to lead, we know, it's going to lead to the one world uh, economic system. We know this is coming. So as believers, we ought to not be surprised, but learn how to live according to God's kingdom principles. Right? If we know that the worldly system is going to fail, and we know that as believers we live according to a heavenly kingdom and heavenly principles, then we probably should learn how to operate according to that kingdom. Correct? Amen. Prosperity, and I'm going to interject the word abundance here because sometimes people turn off when you start hearing prosperity. So abundance, prosperity, is not a promise you claim in your prayers or with fasting or confessions. Abundance in, is a blessing, it's the blessing covenant that you have with God. It is something that you practice. It's not something that you have to go to God with and remind Him every day, God, you said I'm going to live in prosperity. You said I'm going to have abundance. You said God already promised you that. It's you living according to the covenant He's already made with you. So, and you shall covenant. It's a principle that you practice. You know that it works because it's the word of God. It's the truth. You begin to sow and you reap. The covenant cannot be broken. What you are seeking, the business that you're in, or the things that you're involved with, do not determine your abundance. What determines your abundance is the light under which you operate. If you're in a greenhouse, take for example, if you're in a greenhouse and the, the light is coming in, that determines how fruitful you will be. Right? 
But if you're, if you're out in, in a desert place, if you're in, in, in a stony ground desert place with, with no water, no nutrients, no substance, guess what happens? You're going to wither up. But if you begin to operate and function in the greenhouse of God, if you begin to allow the radiance, the sunlight of heaven to radiate, to shine down on you, our God, Jesus, what does the scripture say about Jesus? That he is the radiance of the Father. We allow the radiance of heaven to begin to penetrate our lives. He will begin to produce heavenly results in our life. You have to live in the greenhouse, so to speak, of where you want your results. If you want to live in the greenhouse of depression and fear and anxiety and worry, all that garbage where everybody puts up, you know, the dark, what do they put those things, Uh, tinted windows on the cars. You just go put your tinted windows on the spiritual greenhouse and drive around and all the, get the muck and the mire all over you. Go for it. But I want to live in the house where the glory of God is radiating. I want to live where the blessing of the Lord is shining and radiating on me. It's time to move out of your fear, move out of your depression, kick it, break down that breakdown. Somebody just needs permission this morning just to break down the old, ugly, tinted window greenhouse. Stop living through filtered windows where everything you see is what they done did to you and you could never be and I'm a failure, I'm a this, I'm a that. It's time to kick it down. Don't allow it to continue. Stop living according to the lie of what everybody done did to you and move into the greenhouse of God. Amen. Start living in the blessing of the Lord. Amen. So how do we do that? How do we live? You know, Pastor Paris, while she was here, she kept using this phrase, God's math. You know, we don't understand God's economics. We don't understand God's math. It doesn't quite fit into human economics. So we begin to move into God's math. We move in into God's blessing, things that we don't understand. In Proverbs chapter 3, which is where we're headed, verse, verses 1 through 12, there are six couplets, if you will, or uh, uh, scriptures that are paired together that tell us, if you do this, God will do this. They're, they're prerequisite. It's promises with prerequisites, if you will. Proverbs 3, 1 through 12. And this is, this is what they say. It says, number one, don't forget the law and you'll have long life and you'll have peace. Keep mercy and truth and you'll have favor and a good reputation with God and men. Trust in the Lord and what happens? He will direct your paths. Fear God, flee evil, and you will have health and strength. Honor God with your wealth, and you'll have abundance. Don't despise correction, because the Lord's love is towards you. So in the middle of these these phrasings, these couplets, whatever you want to call them, they're paired together, is this that says that if we will honor the Lord, verse 9 and 10, honor the Lord from your wealth. Everybody say wealth. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce, so that what? Your barns will be filled. Let's try that again. So that your barns will be, (laughs) you sound good. Barns will be filled with, not lack, plenty, plenty. If you're underlining anything in your Bible, I would underline that word, filled with plenty. And your vats will flow, you all sound great, with new wine. So I want to take a look at truths here contained in this scripture about sowing and reaping. And I don't have a ton of time. We may make this part one and two. 
But number one, don't treat sowing and reaping with contempt. Sowing and reaping is absolutely important. This word honor the Lord, Proverbs 3.9 says honor the Lord. That word honor in the Hebrew is the same word that's associated with and connected with God's glory. The weightiness, the heaviness of God's glory. In other words, concerning financial matters, this is heavy. It's, the, it's associated with the glory of the Lord. So don't treat financial matters with contempt. Don't treat giving and honoring the Lord, giving of your first fruits, giving of your resources with contempt. It's a heavy matter. It's important. Galatians 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. This is a principle that's not going away. Sowing and reaping. In Genesis 8, 22 says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest will remain. It shall not cease. Genesis 8.22. So we know that this, this principle of sowing and reaping is not going anywhere. It is important. It's the heaviness. It's the weightiness of God. In Mark 12, we find Jesus at the temple. And where, where is he putting himself in the temple? He goes exactly to where people are giving. He sets himself right where people are giving. And the scripture says that he watched what? How they gave. He watched how they gave, not just the amount of what they were giving, but watched the attitude with which they were giving. You know, it's interesting. You can watch, It's harder to do in here because we, we pass the plates, but, but it's funny. And I've been in settings where, where you come forward and you put your, al- your offering on the altar. You drop them in the plate at the altar or box at the altar. It's, it's interesting to watch in, in settings like that, here you can kind of hide out, but the attitude is still there. But when you watch people come forward and drop their offering, sometimes you can catch a glimpse of the how they give their offering. You kind of understand what Jesus was doing there. But he captures in this moment this woman. Everybody's coming and giving their offerings, but he captures in this moment this woman who gave out of her lack. She gave all that she had, and Jesus took time to recognize what she was giving and how she was giving it. So I just want to encourage you, this isn't a negative for us as believers who are giving the, the, with the right attitude. This is an encouragement for you and I that Christ takes notice of how we give. Christ takes notice. There is a heavenly bank account Paul talked about. that Christ is taking notice of your finances and what you are doing with them. It's not just the, you know, the, the bank taking notice. It's not just the, your credit score. You know, every, everybody can go on and check your credit score. God has a heavenly credit score. He's watching. He's taking note. He's taking account of everything that you do with regards to your finances. And he wants you to walk in his blessing. He wants to honor you as you honor him. You know, Zoe's funny. She's learning how to give. We're teaching her how to give. And I love her heart because she's, she's always so excited when she can give. She's got her offering envelopes. You know, she does, she does the whole thing, fills out the offering envelope, drops it in the offering box, and she gives. She is a cheerful giver. Everything Zoe does is cheerful. You know, she's always animated. But she is a cheerful giver. She wants, she wants to give to the Lord. She wants to give to her brother. Her brother has a piggy bank, and so she's making sure anytime she gets money, her brother gets money, and money goes in the offering box. She's a giver, and we want her to learn that from a young age. We are cheerful givers. 
It's important. Number two, sowing and reaping shows our delight in God's glory. Sowing and reaping shows our delight in the glory of the Lord. The word wealth here in the Hebrew means wealth, riches, substance, our valuables. Jesus taught us in Matthew 6.21, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In Mark chapter 10, we find the story of the rich young ruler. And the rich young ruler comes up to Jesus and you know, he's, he's asking Jesus, what else must I do to have salvation? And he goes on and on and on and on and on and on about how he's met all the requirements of the law. And Jesus looks at him, he, you know, the rich young ruler says, what, what lack I yet? And, and Matthew, what, what still do I lack? And Jesus looks at him and he says, go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor. And, and the rich young ruler's face, I can almost imagine, just starts contorting. You know, that, that demon of, of stinginess starts manifesting. I, but I did all of these things and now you want me to sell everything that I have? It talks about our value. What do we value? Are we just doing the motions? Are we checking off the checklist? Or are we honoring God? Do we value his kingdom? Do we value uh, the kingdom of God? And do we value his church? Do we value the local church? Do we value the ministry that God has placed us in? Matthew Henry says this, is he willing, the rich young ruler, is he willing to bear a present cross in expectation of a future crown? Everybody wants the glory now. You know, we want the microwave. We want the blessing now. But sowing and reaping requires that you plant a seed, and sometimes waiting on that seed takes time. Sometimes getting the harvest of that seed takes time to receive. It's not always a a quick uh, crown. Sometimes we have to be willing to lay things on the altar as we talked about earlier? Do we delight in our possessions more than we delight in God? Do we delight more in our status than we do in God? Do we delight more in our status of, of, oh, I've done all the right things, or do I delight myself in the Lord? What we spend ourselves on shows what we value. What we spend ourselves on shows what we value. Is your life spent on the furtherance of the gospel? Are you sharing Christ with those that are around you? Are you living a life outside of these walls that represent Christ and delighting in Him? Yeah, it's easy to come in on a Sunday and and put on the good church show, but outside of these walls, are you living the reality of the gospel? Are you, are you living in a place of, of being an overcomer? Are you living in a place of, of the blessing of the Lord? That's where God wants you to be. Number three, we sow of the best of our possessions and our income. The words here in Hebrew, in, or I'm sorry, in Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, says bring the first, the first fruits. The word first fruits is the best. It's the choicest portion in the Hebrew. And of your produce, of your produce, your crops, your gain, your revenue, your income, your ingathering is the, is the Hebrew there. God doesn't get the leftovers. He gets the best. You know, when it comes to our tithes and our offerings, it's not what's left over. It's, God, what are you asking? Obviously, we know the, the 10% is His. That's, that's, that's not even, you know, technically, if you want to think about that, ten, giving the tithe is not even really giving. That's just giving God what's already His. It's, you know, it's just saying, hey, God, you've placed $100 in my wallet. Ten of that is already yours. 
So either I'm going to put it in the, in the offering, I'm going to give it to you, or I'm going to walk out with it. And that's called stealing. <laughs> you know, we had, uh, while I was traveling this, this past week, someone hacked into my email account. So if you got any weird emails from me, it, <laughs> it wasn't me. We, uh, someone hacked into my email account and sent, a, sent an email to our office manager saying, uh, can you transfer X number of dollars to such and such account and was acting as if they were me and gave the whole course. We have procedures and processes in place that stop that. You know, it just can't just happen. So the, the red flag started going off. But so Heather gets on the phone with the bank and they say, yeah, that account exists. Well, let's get the police involved. The police are, you know, get involved, file a report, do all that thing. You know how aggravating that is? Has anybody ever had your... <laughs> Anybody have your identity ever stolen or a credit card? That's, that's so aggravating when people, I mean, that, talk about invading your personal space. Talk about getting up in your business. Well, you know, God addressed that in Malachi. You, how have you robbed me? How have you robbed God? By tithes and offerings. God takes this serious, and when you, when you don't give God what belongs to him, you're obviously inviting the curse. We know this, but when you honor God, we often talk about the curse, but when you honor God, when you honor Him, there's a blessing that comes on your home, on your finance. The curse is broken off of your resources. Adam Clark said this, God who is the first and the best must have the first and the best of everything. His right is prior to all others and therefore must be served first. Think about the widow of Zarephath. Zarephath. You know, here she is. She's got her, her little bit of flour, her little bit of oil. And what does God say to Elijah? Go to the widow. I've commanded her to take care of you. It's funny, when Elijah gets there, he asks her. She seemed clueless of what God was talking about. <laughs> She's like, what? You want me to give you my, uh-uh. Me and my son, I'm going to go fix this. We're going to die. Sorry. You know, her, her response was not what I would have expected. Had the Lord said to me, hey, I want you to go see the widow of Zarephath. I've commanded her. She, she must have missed that communication. That memo didn't get through. And so Elijah says to her, no, what you're going to do is you're going to go prepare that and give it to me. And then you're going to do whatever you need to do for you and your son. But I promise you that God will take care of you if you'll give. And that's what she did. And the, and the blessing of the Lord, the oil and the flour, did not dry up the entire time of the famine. God, as you give, will ensure that you no longer operate according to the earthly principles. You will no longer operate according to earthly economics. As you begin to sow your seed, you begin to give, God will see to it that you will reap. He will take care of all of the blessings that you need. They will flow into your life. Number four, the blessing of the Lord is upon the storehouses. The word here in Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 for barns is storehouses. It's where you store up your ingathering. It's where you put your resources. For us, it's bank accounts. Unless you're a farmer, you might have a, you know, a silo or something. I've had people um, who have had chickens. Uh, some of you may have heard this story. We had, we had someone in our church in New Orleans that had chickens. They had they raised chickens for the eggs, and they they came one day and brought their they brought their chickens their eggs their first their first fruits of their eggs as a tithe, 
And, uh, I, you know, that was, it's, you know, it's funny when you, as a pastor, you get some of those type item. Oh, what am I going to do with eggs? I guess I'm going to just eat them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that blessing. I'll, I'll receive that. Thank you, Lord. And uh, so we, we took the eggs and received their tithe with gladness. And they gave it joyfully. And I got a text message when they got home. They said, you know, that was from one chicken. Our other chicken wasn't laying eggs. But when we got home, that chicken's laying eggs. <laughs> so we tithed and God took care of the chicken that wasn't laying eggs. So, you know, I, I don't fully, under, I'm not a farmer and I don't raise chickens or anything else for that matter. Nor do you want me to. Um, but the blessing of the Lord is on your end gathering. The word filled in Proverbs 3, 9, is to be full, to be consecrated, to be sanctified, to be replenished, satisfied, to overflow, to be fenced in, to be fully furnished. The word plenty there in Hebrews 3, or I keep saying Hebrews, Proverbs 3, 9, 10, plenty. The word plenty means to be satiated, to be full, to have plenty, to have abundance. So in other words, what, what we're what God is promising here in Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 is that there will be a blessing on your bank accounts. There will be a blessing on your storehouses, that they will be replenished. They will be protected. They will be consecrated or sanctified, and they will be filled. You should be a lot more excited about that. <laughs> that your storehouses, your bank accounts, everybody lay hands on yourself. My bank accounts. They will be replenished. They are protected. They are consecrated. And they are filled. Amen. That's the promise. Amen. That's the, that is the promise of Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 for you. Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Now, we always want to skip ahead. We want the blessing. We want the replenished, protected, consecrated, filled without the honoring. Now, this is a promise with a prerequisite. You've got to honor the Lord, and the blessing of the Lord will be on your storehouse. Deuteronomy 28. This is a great scripture. I want you to turn there. Deuteronomy 28. There's a list of the blessings of the Lord. And, and I want to take a look at verse 8 specifically. Deuteronomy 28, verse 8, says the Lord will command. Who will command? The Lord. The Lord. Who? The Lord. the Lord. This isn't wishful thinking, friends. This isn't just, oh, I hope so. This is a covenant with God regarding your finances. The Lord will command the blessing on all, everybody say all, of your barns, all of your storehouses, and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. He's going to bless your resources. He's going to bless you and give you favor in the land that you're giving. When? When you honor the Lord. Let's go on to verse 11. The Lord will make you abound in prosperity. The Lord will make you, I'm, I'm reading out of the NASB, they've got the NKJV up there, so it might be a little confusing. The Lord will make you abound in prosperity, in the offspring of your body, in the offspring of your, of your, of your beast, and in the produce of your ground. In the land which the Lord swore to you and your fathers to give you, the Lord will open up for you his good storehouse. 
The Lord will open up. The Lord will grant you plenty. The Lord will open up. Verse 12. The Lord will open up to you His good treasure. I like that. The Lord will open up for you His good treasure, His storehouses, the heavens, to give rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you only will be above and you will not be beneath. If you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I charge you today to observe them carefully and do not turn aside from any of the words which I command you today to the right or to the left to go after other gods or to serve them. If you set God first and you begin to obey his commandments, these are the blessings of the Lord that will come upon you. He will bless your storehouses and he will open up his storehouses over you. You will be overtaken with the blessing of the Lord. I, I, you know, I really thought you might be more excited about that. I, I don't know about you. I want the blessing of the Lord to overtake me. I want the goodness of God overflowing in my life. I don't want to just settle for second best. I want absolute best from heaven. Amen? As you honor the Lord, He will pour out His blessing on you. And number five, number five, there will be breakthrough. Everybody say breakthrough. And that's a, there will be breakthrough in all your labors. So there will be a result of an abundance enough for others. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. There will be breakthrough in your labors so that there will be an abundance enough for you and enough for others. The word vats, Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. The word vats is the word excavate. It's a wine press or a vats, a press or to work. The word overflow there is the word parats. It's breakthrough. It's break forth to have the breaker, to spread out, to burst forth, to increase, to scatter. In other words, God wants you to have breakthrough in your labors. All that you set your hand to, he wants to have breakthrough, enough for you to scatter abroad. Amen. Maybe you feel like today that you have been working and working and working and getting nowhere. Have you ever felt that way? Maybe you've been standing true, faithful to the promise of God, and you're like, I'm just getting nowhere. I want to encourage you to honor the Lord with your wealth in that situation and watch the breakthrough of the Lord come in your life. Amen. I said this a couple of weeks ago, and I'd encourage it again. I would, I would ask you, if you're believing God for, for a, a promise in your life, or there's something in your life that God's calling you to, and you would say, Lord, I, I've, hit, I've hit a wall here, and I, I don't know where to go. Ask God, God, do I need to give towards this situation? Do I need to sow a seed in order to see breakthrough here? Do I need to sow a seed? Maybe a seed is writing out a check saying, God, I am sowing seed, believing for a breakthrough in this situation. That's Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. I am going to sow. I'm going to honor the Lord with my wealth, and there will come breakthrough. There will be overflow. There will be breakthrough in my life. Amen. In Genesis 41, as you're turning there, the scripture does not say that your bags and your not say that your bags will overflow. It says that your what barns, your storehouses will overflow. Not your wardrobe replenished, but your presses. 
just pondering that for a second. It doesn't say that your bags are going to overflow. It says your barns will overflow. Not your wardrobe, but your presses. In other words, God associates his breakthrough with your activity in the kingdom. This isn't for us to hoard and say, oh, look at the blessing of the Lord. I, I'm, I've got a, you know, mansion and whatever, whatever, and, and show off all of the, you know, if the Lord blesses you with all of that, thank you, Jesus. Give me a ride in your Rolls Royce. I'll go, I'll ride along with you. Amen. <laughs> but the blessing of the Lord is connected to the kingdom activity. Breakthrough is connected as you begin to press the vats, the pressing out of the new wine, the overflow of ministry, the ministry, of course, the new wine being a picture of the Holy Spirit. As we begin to give and sow and invest in ministry, the blessing of the Lord comes. In Genesis 41, we find Joseph, the Egyptians, are, are preparing for seven years of famine. And God gives them such abundance. I love this. In verse 49, God gives them such abundance that he stopped measuring it for it was beyond measure. I want you to think about that for a second. How much grain is too much grain? Like at what point does it just become ridiculous? At what point do you just say, okay, this is overwhelming. We have... 50,000, you know, silos of grain. Let's stop counting. We're, you know, we've got, we're more than enough. And in the context of all of Egypt having enough grain. I want you to think about that. All of Egypt having an, enough grain that we don't have to count it anymore. Now, I, I, let me just put this into context with you in, in the church world here. Let's bring this into present day. I have a lot of vision. The Lord has given us a lot of great direction. We've got a $2 million building next door that I'd love to buy. There's, there's, you know, there's a lot. I can see a lot of potential. There's a lot of hurting people. We have a lot of drug addicts in this region. There's a lot of hurting and broken. There's a lot that God can still do in the Great Lakes. He ain't done here. The gospel might be free, but it surely is paved with gold. That, the, that is absolutely, the pipeline to get it out is expensive. And I'm thinking if we had, I mean, two, it's just $2 million. I'm just pulling that out. You know, that's an example. But, you know, you can start talking about staff. You can just start talking about all the finances to reach, to saturate. I want you to think about how much money it takes to saturate the airwaves in this region during presidential, you know, all the things they did in Cleveland and all the sports events and how much money people spend to saturate the airwaves. Now, what if we were to do that? I, I, I'm just thinking big. I mean, maybe somebody will just think and dream big with me today. Maybe, maybe somebody will have faith with me today. Hopefully it's not just me. But what would happen? What would happen if the church decided to saturate a region, saturate the airwaves, saturate the billboards, saturate door-to-door ministry, saturate every avenue possible with the gospel? It would, bring, it would cripple 
it would cripple this region in a good way. It would bring them, it would bring them in a good way to their knees. That takes a lot of money. Now think about that context when we're looking at Joseph in Egypt. They had enough that they could stop counting. Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord with your resources. Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Honor the Lord with your first fruits. Honor the Lord. The choice, God, what is it that you want me to give? Not just the tithe. Tithe is required. We know that that. That's that's not even questioned. But God above. Just a silly example. I'll, I'll wrap up with this. Just it's a totally silly example of this. You know, obviously, just getting back from <clears throat> Taipei and China, my, I apologize if my voice is raspy today. I did a lot of teaching and preaching and flying. It, it affects your voice. But while I was there, I spent some time with our friends. Many of you remember pastors Jamie and Christina. They've been with us. Spent some time with them. And everything is public transportation in Taipei. And uh, so we're, we're driving around the city. We're just going nonstop around the city. And and I, Christina is giving, paying the taxi drivers. Everywhere she's going, she's paying taxi drivers. And at one point, I was watching what she was giving because I thought what she was giving to them, I thought, well, that was more than what they asked for. And after we got out of one of the stops, she said, yeah, I, I'm just giving a little bit more to the taxi drivers just to bless them. And, uh, of course, Pastor Jamie's response was, well, why are you doing that? That's not benefiting us anything. We'll never see those taxi drivers again. Uh, you know, very practical. And I said, oh, she's, and I was thinking, I'm, you know, sowing and reaping. I'm stuck on sowing and reaping. So I, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm watching this. And I said, oh, she's sowing. She's sowing into those taxi drivers. She's going to reap it. She's sowing. And uh, the next taxi driver, we get in, and, and we were going a very long distance. It was going to be a very expensive trip. We get in, and the taxi driver says, oh, I give you a good price in his broken English. I give you a good price. And we're all kind of scratching our heads thinking, oh, boy, this is not, this isn't a trick. You know, this is, he's going to try to get over on us. No, start the meter. We're okay. No, I give you a good price. I give you a good price. No, just start the meter. We're okay. We don't, you know. And uh, Christina's in the back seat saying, don't worry about it. We're not in Shanghai. They're not trying to trick us. We're in Taipei. These are very nice people. <laughs> They're not going to do this. And they are, by the way. They're very proper, very, very, very proper, very clean, very, you know, everything's precise. And so, okay, yeah, yeah, they are. You got to, another story another day. <laughs> Talking about taxi drivers. So the taxi, we, you know, we get to the place. He said, oh, I give you a good price. And he gives, a, it was a great price. It was a really good price, actually, for the distance we drove. And, and he gives us a reduced price. And I'm sitting there thinking while we're driving, sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping. I said, Christina, you're reaping what you just sowed. You've been giving all those taxi drivers a little extra. You're getting a little extra back on this trip. It's hilarious. It was like an instantaneous sowing and reaping, just watching it happen. You say, well, that's silly. It's taxi driver. Yeah, but it, that, that's a blessing. Those taxi drivers, that's a blessing. And then the next taxi driver, the next was bringing me to my hotel. I want to, <laughs> I appreciated her sowing and reaping. <laughs> I 
I got the best taxi driver. He was so nice and so polite. Best taxi driver I've ever had. And I said, thank you, Lord. I am reaping the benefit of her sowing and reaping. I'll receive that. Amen. <laughs> Just a silly example, sowing and reaping. It, it can be in the simplest things of, of your taxi driver. It can be in the bigger things of, of, of your resources, God supplying in, in, in your, you know, Cars that last longer, tires that don't give out, you know, all those things. Got unexpected checks and provision. You know, uh, I'll never forget after we after we first got here, after we first moved here, I, I loved the stories. We had so many, it was constant stories of financial breakthrough. And um, from, you know, $25,000, $30,000 debts being removed. People, you know, I, I'll never forget the story of, of the lady that came to us, she said, I know, I forget who this was, Heather, you might remember, I, I, you know, I know that I owed the courts X amount of dollars, and I called the court system, and, and they said that um, they couldn't find it, and I talked to two or three different departments about the debt that I knew I owed, but they couldn't find it anywhere, it had been erased, sowing and reaping, you know, story, stories, stories of sowing and reaping, trust the Lord. <laughs>